Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I guess I can try and to enunciate. I feel like I'll sound like an idiot. <clears throat> I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about the readiness of your voice. I'm also worried about that. That's why I'm going to start talking like this. You better. Good to go? Yep. We got a thumbs up from Mike. Thank you, Mike. All right. Let's just get right into it. Let's try and do this in three segments. All right. Just give me a couple of seconds. Pardon me. <laughs> Okay, I guess this can work. All right, I'm ready. All right. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Solomon Cooper. Good. That's actually a really good one. It's on, it's on point. The audience may not know it's on point, but they soon will. Mm-hmm. Yes, joining me is Solomon Cooper, and today we're going to be discussing a movie that, I'm not going to lie, kind of came out of nowhere... And um, well, I almost said something inappropriate. Slapped us in the face. <laughs> we won't say with what. I can. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, but yes, the movie is called Barbarian. Barbarian. Um, it's been on our list, I'd say, like because it's been like we were trying to watch it. Just couldn't really find time. Um, and we were kind of like in a huge mo- movie drought yeah. for a while. And this movie kind of like. Brought us into a, a nice, fun place to be. <laughs> that is a very weird sentence. I agree. So we were going to, if you remember from uh, the last podcast that we did, uh, we had to take a break. We went on vacation, like an actual vacation, not just a vacation from the podcast. Yeah. And we were going to watch um, the fourth original series Star Trek movie, The Undiscovered Country. However, weirdly, the Cinemark here um, skipped that movie. So we weren't able to do that. We can, we'll still watch it at some point. But anyway, we hadn't seen Barbarian. And like Solomon said, it, he said it'd been on our list. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, I meant like we had seen it in the theaters. And we were like, oh, we're going to watch that. But then we like were recommended it a bunch of times. But I wasn't, from the trailer of the movie, I wasn't really that interested in seeing it. Really? Yeah, because it just looked like one of those Airbnb horror movies. It's like a new genre, and it's not my favorite. I've never heard of that genre in my life. It's not a genre, but it's like a new Airbnb horror. Yeah, there's like there was one that came out. Um, I can't remember who all was in it, but uh, where they get an Airbnb and then the Airbnb owner has like secret peepholes everywhere and he's spying on them. That was that was a long time ago. Yeah, and then there was another one where they go rent an Airbnb and then there's like a weird mist that starts coming in and it starts killing everybody. There's just been a whole lot of movies recently where Airbnbs. That are like somebody creepy. There's a creepy guy there. There's a creepy handyman there. The host is a weirdo. So from the trailer, and the, just so you know, uh, and again, we we say this every time. This is a full spoiler podcast. We will be giving Spoiling. spoilers in this movie. This is because this is going to be a full on discussion. Um, but from the trailer, it just looks like a movie about a girl 
She gets to the Airbnb. It's someone's already there. He's already booked it. And then she makes the decision kind of because she has to, to stay the night with him. And then he starts being a creep. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the trailer looks like. Um, very understandably, the trailer does not want to give away what this movie is really about. And I, I think they did a fantastic job of cutting a trailer that made, I guess everybody, but me want to go see it while not giving away the game. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of curves and turns and twists this movie had. Yeah, really clever um, by having the... Well, let's just give... Why don't you just give a quick s- synopsis of the setup? It's been a... Of the setup? Just the setup of the movie, yeah. So like, but, I mean, f- I kind of just now did it, but let's just do it... For all the twists and turns? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like this... Okay, all right, I'm going to start, I'm going to start, I'm going to start. It's been a while, Dad. You're going to just throw me into the... The plot synopsis deep end? Well, I think it's been a long time since people got to hear one of your plot synopses. It has. That's the issue. Um, okay. A woman uh, is in, is it Detroit? Yes, Tess. Played by, who what was her name? Georgina. Phalange. <laughs> That's Regina. Uh, I will find it in just a second. Just let me do this top plot synopsis. Okay, so Tess is a, 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 a woman named Tess is in Detroit for a job interview. She has booked an Airbnb, but there is a man who has already had Airbnb, on, or they, they had booked it on a different site. So there's like a mix-up, and then they end up staying the night together, and you know, kind of hitting it off. And um, and they have yeah. a bu- they have a bunch of good reasons why she would stay there with a stranger. Like first of all, she confirms that he did in fact book the Airbnb on the same date. He yep. wasn't just lying. Um, there's a conference in town, so she's not able to get any hotels. Yep. And they're in a very, very bad neighborhood Shady in Detroit. Part of town, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying that was, that was my plot synopsis. Yeah, so that's the, that's, that's the setup of this movie. And they did something fantastic. So um, can you look up, because I don't want to get her name wrong, because she really was really great. We had it, we had it pulled up. It was in my head. Um, but uh, the person who's playing the... Male Regina Campbell. Yeah, Regina Campbell. She's Georgina. Fa- yeah, Georgina Campbell. Yeah, she's fantastic in this. But her male counterpart uh, is played by Bill Skarsgård, which is perfect casting because Bill Skarsgård, you know, he plays Pennywise. Yeah, he's giving you that creepy, just yeah, he's like a, a bit he, off He's an attractive, charming guy. Uh, he was in a, uh, he was in a horror show that Netflix. It was Netflix's very first original series. Called like Holly Glover or something. Holly Hemlock Grove. It was about werewolves and vampires. I actually really liked it, even though it was <clears throat> horrible. It was. You should watch it sometimes. It's like a. It's like a rated R Twilight soap opera. No, 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 no. Not like Twilight. It's like it's scary. Okay. Um, like it has one of the grossest werewolf transformations in I, that I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. But anyway. He's in that, and he kind of he's like plays a sim like a character's. He's attractive, he's charming, but there's also something obviously weird about him. Yeah. So in this, he plays a much more charming guy, but just because it's Bill Skarsgård, it automatically makes it a bit creepier. Yeah, like there's just something about him. Like his face is almost like gray. You know what I mean? I guess. Like he looks just kind of like a bit weird. He doesn't look like a natural. He doesn't look alive. Well. I don't know if I'd say that, but also... No, I'm looking at his photo right now. Also, he's not American, right? Look so, at him. So, well, yes, in that picture. But 
I feel and like that's what he always looks like. Uh, I, I was just going to say that I think that I think that the way that he speaks with an American accent, and, and look, maybe he does have an American accent at this point, and I'm just uh, reading too much into it. But the way he has to speak with an American accent makes his delivery kind of flat. So there's always something that feels like somebody pretending to be a human being. Mm. Um, but anyway, so the whole night, weird things start happening, right? Tessa's door opens. She thinks it's him. He starts screaming in the middle of the night. So you really think the mystery is going to be revolving around. He wasn't screaming, was he? Yeah, she goes into the room to see what's going on because he's like screaming in his sleep. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was just like like making like grunting, moaning noises, and like screaming. I thought he only screamed and he woke her up. But okay. Anyway, and she woke him up. Completely not beside the point. Well, I feel like one is just way creepier than the other. It was pretty creepy. I'd freak the f out if someone just starts screaming. Oh, okay, God. He wasn't like screeching, but he was like, no, oh, oh. okay. So anyway, uh, then the next day they wake up and they both go their separate ways. I mean, they're going to meet back up at the Airbnb because they're staying two nights. But she like goes to her interview. He goes to his job. Um, they stay up all night long talking. He doesn't try anything. And he seems to really like her genuinely. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was so re- odd because you're so tense and they leave the scene mm-hmm. of the creepiness which you don't see very often. You know what I mean? Like once they go to Camp Crystal Lake, they're at Camp Crystal Lake the whole time. Once they go to the haunted house, they're there. You don't usually see them leave the haunted house and then they're fine. Yeah, they don't go to a secondary location. Yeah, exactly. And then go back. Once they're at the horror place, you're at the horror place. Exactly. So I was like, this movie took a really weird turn. Um, And so there's a a line that she says at the beginning, and I'm not trying to get too into the the details so uh, soon, but... I think it's important because it comes up thematically throughout the movie. But there's a part where she stays up with uh, Bill Skarsgård's character. I can't even remember what his character's name is. Um, so I'm just going to call him Bill. Keith. Keith, that's right. She stays up with Keith, and he's he's a very nice guy. He's very charming, but he is, do, he is doing a little bit of mansplaining to her of, like, you know, how she should try and you know be more open or just not date all these crappy guys or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she kind of gives him this little thing about how, what it's like to difference between being a man and a woman. And she says, you know, if, if this situation was reversed, you would have just walked right in here. You wouldn't have been even freaked out. You know, you you just walked into this Airbnb. You wouldn't have cared that I was already here. Yeah. He used like a, she used like a word like it was like, he was like there, like it's entitlement or like prideful or something. Yeah. I can't remember what she said, but it was like, it was about male arrogance. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was mostly, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily trying to diminish men so much as it was trying to explain how the difference would feel. Like she said, if I would have invited you in, you would have immediately accepted it. No problems asked and walked all in here. Like you owned the place and not been scared at all. But for me, you know what I mean? It's horrifying. It's very scary. Everything was safe. Yeah. And you're still scared Mm because you're scared to death because you know, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. Um, So anyway, they do go back to the place with all the creepiness, and it's not to very, place with all the creepiness. It's not very long before Tess, uh, trying to find some toilet paper down in the basement, accidentally finds a secret passageway. Is that what you would call it? A tunnel. I would definitely call it a secret passageway. She like pulls a rope and then a door opens. Yeah, and 
down this hallway is a very creepy room that clearly has been used to imprison people. It has a bed with a very disgusting mattress on it. Like almost a prison bed. Yeah. Or an asylum with bed. No sheets or anything, just a mattress that's covered in lots of stains from God knows what. Um, a camera. An old cassette video camera. And then a blood stain on the wall. Yeah, blood bloody handprint. Bloody handprint, yeah. Um, so even even now, I think I would argue that we're firmly in quote airbnb horror movie you know mode yes because it just looks like oh there's a creepy pervert guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. slinks around and spies or kidnaps or whatever people at the airbnb right that Mm -hmm. kind of what you were thinking yeah i mean yeah i mean I, i was just like oh this is a weird thing i wonder who's here yeah how prepared for you were you for what we find out is there <laughs> like like a couple minutes later mhm um that was the most confusing i was like so perplexed and shocked like i wasn't prepared at all yeah in any way like i was like actively underprepared what do you mean actively underprepared? I was like negative preparedness <laughs> is what I mean. Yeah, I would say didn't see it coming. It's not a twist per se. Yeah. It's just they, the movie going along. Yeah, they didn't. It's not like they had like said one thing and then like turned it around. It was just like, this is what's here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll save what happens next for the for the next segment. because We're about to have to take a break. But I just want to say that uh, the director's name, I believe, is Zach Kregler. 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 Craigler sounds more like a last, last name than Craiger. I feel like his name could be Craig Zacker. They're equally silly. Okay. Either way, I've never heard of this guy. Apparently, he's done a lot of comedy stuff, and this movie has a control of pacing and tone that is just Chef's kiss. Frankly, yeah, astonishing. What did you think? I mean, because this the movie's about to take a huge pivot. Yep. I agree. Uh, in a way that I've only seen movies like Psycho do. Um, so what did you what are you making that face for? I haven't seen that. But you under, you know what I'm saying? Yes. What, what am I saying? You're saying uh it it has control over <laughs> its tone and it has You don't even understand the psycho comparison at all? No. I thought I explained this to you right after we watched the movie. I'm sure you did. Well, Vivian Lee's character in Psycho, I believe it's Vivian Lee who you think is the main character. You follow her at the whole beginning of the movie. She's the one from the famous stabbing shower mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. So That's like, all I know from psycho, she dies in like the first third of the movie. And it's a trick. She's not the main character at all. Oh, like in a, she's that, like the first that victim movie. that you see. Like oh. in, in, in what's the ghost face series called scream. Yeah. It's like in the new scream movie. No, it's not. It's It's much, it's more like this movie. Okay. Let me just continue. Like where there's, there's a huge pivot because it, then it's like about all these other characters and, but scream, it happens in the pre-title sequence. That's not the same thing. Sure. It's a red herring. Cause so oh, drew Barrymore. She's not going to die. Yeah. But still that's just the first kill in the movie. Um, this was like somebody who was the main character for the whole first third of the movie. And now she's just not in the movie anymore. And now all these new characters are in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's not us saying that she dies, though. Yeah, and 
you are saying um so what what bring bring up the control bring back the control bring back the control yeah because you said it, ta- it takes a lot of control and whatnot um of tone yes yeah i just choked. well we had to take a break so we're gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back to finish our discussion of barbarian Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe especially golden age stuff. Oh, golden yeah. age stuff is always the best and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen. Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes, gonna tell you about. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Barbarian. So we're going to just jump right back into it. You were asking me about something about the control. Yeah, because you had brought up um, like how there was a huge pivot, and but you had also said before that there was a control of tone. So I was just seeing if that was like the same, the, that's the, that's the. That's your comparison to Psycho, or if it was like something separate, or if just that being able to pivot that way is control of tone. Sure. So um, what I was trying to say is that Craigler, Craigler, stop calling him Craigler. Craigler is his control of the pacing and tone of this movie is impeccable. I think, and I agree. But, but part of that is the way he handles this pivot, and this pivot was something I just haven't really. I'm sure. I could rack my brain and think of another example, but it's one that I haven't really seen since Psycho. So 
let's just go ahead and dive dive right into it. Hey, we didn't say it. We didn't say it early in the movie, so we're good to go. Early in the movie. Um. So yeah, why don't you tell us what happens whenever? So she goes into this hallway. She sees this room. Why don't you just kind of quickly walk the audience what happens leading up to this big pivot? Okay. So then Keith, uh, like, gets back from wherever he was, and she's trapped in the basement at this point, right? She because the, the door keeps lock closing. Oh and yeah, locking. I don't. There's something wrong. It just like it's not like explained really. It's just like the door will lock on its own. The basement door. Yeah. And um, so she's. Like having to ask for help, and she like sprints upstairs as soon as as soon as she gets health or whatever. Keith like lets her up, and we're good. Um, so she starts explaining like what she saw. She's like, "There's a bloody handprint." All freaked out, and she he's like, "I don't I don't know, man. This is a safe place. I'm gonna go check it out for myself." Yeah, kind of uh, reiterating oh. the thing that she had said earlier. We also we forgot one the other thing is she has also found, um. There's like a, another secret passage or like another door behind she, the secret she passage. She hasn't found that yet. Yes, she has. Because she went down the stairs and then ran back up because she was too creeped out. You sure? Yeah, she saw, the, she saw like the cages and then ran back. I think you're getting it wrong. Are I don't you think, sure? I'm pretty sure she doesn't find He finds it first? Yeah, because she goes looking for him and she, he's not there. Remember, she looks under the bed and then she realizes there's a door at the end. So she goes halfway down, freaks out, goes up, is just going to leave. But then she's like, oh, I probably should go. Okay. That. All right. My fault. Sorry, got sorry, viewers slash listeners. I messed it up. But the, I think the important part here is that he doesn't believe her that it's something so freaky. He hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. He's obviously not scared. It just kind of goes back to that thing about how men can be basically walking almost around. almost uh, privileged by just not having to be afraid all the time. Yes. So then you might end up walking into a situation where you might think it's kind of creepy, but you're not afraid of getting murdered. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did say to Solomon, though, while you're watching it, that I feel like the movie really overstates its case there because I would have been freaked out as she was if I found just the first room, let alone a second, even creepier, darker tunnel. Yes. So anyway, I want I, I don't want this podcast to be about just recapping plot points of the movie or sorry, just describing the plot of the movie in real time. So. You asked so, me to do that. I don't know. No, I, I know. I understand. So I'm just saying, let's, let's speed it along. So, so Bill Skarsgård, or Keith, he goes down to check out the room himself, but he never comes back up. Yeah. And she just, this is a very short hallway or a short secret tunnel or whatever, ending with one tiny prison bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is creepy, but there's nowhere else for him to go. Yep. Or so she thought. So continue. So then we find this big, long, long hallway down. It's a big yeah. black like. But there's of, like another secret door behind the secret door. Yeah, but this one's more like a like it has like a handle, right? It looks like a wall. Yeah. I was actually kind of confused that they didn't. They kept everyone kept being surprised that it was not a door because it looked very doorish to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought so as well. But yeah, it's supposed to be just like a wall. Yeah. Um. So then she goes down. There's like some cages. Like as she going, or not as she's going down, but like she gets down. It's I like, don't. Th- I don't feel like you're really. Doing justice, how creepy okay, okay, this tunnel okay. and stairwell is. I'll do is. it now. She's walking down. Oh, it's so dark and dungy. And she looks to her right. There's old, rigid, riggedy, copper, oxidizing cages. 
and then she keeps stepping. It's kind of it just feels like there's water. It's like that constant feeling of water dripping. It's just but like that stairs that she peering. descends is like so narrow and steep. It's like it feels like it goes down like the bowels of hell. It's so long. Yeah, it's it's really long staircase. Yeah, with uh, no light. You really like the staircase, don't you? I'm just because you're describing it as a staircase alone. We're talking about creepy stairs carved into the earth that just keep going down and down into nothingness. Yes. Calling it a staircase sounds like something that you use to go, get to your apartment. So she gets down past the cages now, um, and it's it's really weird. It's like a cave. It's like a miner's cave. Like there, you can still see like wood, um, like supports. Yeah, it's a it's every like, now and again. It's, it's like these weird. It feels like a handmade mine almost, like a like a amateurly made mine. It's almost like a mine shaft from Minecraft. Sure, but super creepy. But yes, way creepier because it's it's like it's like the stone is black. Yeah. Um. There's like no lights really, and there's just like random. It's just like a room, and then you go. Sh- it's not even a room. It's just a square. Then you walk forward, and then a room. That's just playing, like, old baby videos. It specifically is playing, yeah, so the room that she walks by is the only room that has light. It's like how to be a mother. It's how to breastfeed. Yeah. Very specifically. Well, yeah. It's how to breastfeed, how to get your baby to latch, and it's just playing on a loop in this room just covered in disgusting. It's like a, like, it looks like almost like a pallet made by a giant bird it's like a, it's like a nest slash pallet just a bunch of blankets and afghans and it's it's like it's like a and it like completely shifts the whole vibe of like the area that you were in it's like bright pink light um it this is where i want to s- just stop for a second because this is a, something where i would say is uh incredibly well executed shift in tone so she, when she's exploring down here it's just normal bog standard like it's well done but bog standard, creepy, exploring a creepy place. It's pitch dark. You know what I mean? Anything yeah. can jump out at you. But as soon as she s- just comes across this room with this breastfeeding, how to latch, get your baby to latch on video with all these d- gross quilts and everything. And like you said, it's painted pink, mm-hmm. like almost like a kid's room. Yeah. Um, This very subtly let you know how much the movie is about to shift your expectation mm-hmm. because now we've moved from straight up realism horror movie into something closer to kitsch. I don't know if that's the right word, but camp maybe. Okay. Like what would you, what would you say the pivot there would be for you? Like emotionally from go like, Oh, you're exploring a place. This feels very real. This feels very real to all of a sudden a weird 1980s room playing a 1980s breastfeeding video like something i don't know man like for me it was just like i had i i like we had seen it like as an audience and i was just kind of like i was just like that's weird and i, I kind of just like kind of like brushed it off you know like how i would in real life i was like oh this is a creepy a room but i mean it doesn't match anything else so i, I kind of just like was just like okay can we say that at least Chip on my shoulder? We move. We move at That's that. The right word. We move at that moment. Yeah, it was not. I, I meant I was brushing the chip <laughs> off my shoulder. I think we move f- at that moment from the real into the surreal. Yes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Anyway, we she she starts hearing, she's yelling for Keith. He finally starts responding. He's obviously in a bad way. In a bad way. That he's like. 
That's why she like, keeps going down the stairs, by the way, is because she's calling her name and like or his name, and you can like feel like an ah yeah. Ah. She hears him screaming, and then then he starts responding to her, saying like help, come closer, whatever. So um, anyway, we're just gonna I'm just gonna speed us up here. So she finally we find Keith. She finally <laughs> finds Keith. Yeah, he's terrified. So he said something bit him mm-hmm. in the dark. Yep. So at this point, I'm thinking we saw some cages. Is it about to be a werewolf movie? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is this movie about to be like? It seems something bit him. She's like, we got to go back this way. He's like, no, that's that's where it is. I don't want to go back there. He starts panicking. And then what happens? Um. So, yeah, she's, we're like, we have to go this way. And he, he just it doesn't believe her. They keep arguing. And then, like, there's so much loudness. And then we just see Keith get grabbed. And then his head Banged over and over and over and over against the side of the wall until it's until it's like it's not even a head anymore. Yeah, it's just like and then a insane nightmarish hag monster, like a naked, big tall. Can we fully see it? Yeah, that that was the last scene. The hag monster lady, and this is a huge tall lady that's naked, and I keep calling her a hag, but she looks like a. Like a, like a giant creepy, tall water like hag. a water hag yeah and she like just her face fills the entire scream screen and she screams and it cuts to black yep so it was like hey that whole first beginning of the movie was a psych out this is not an airbnb movie this is not a realistic horror thriller this is not a home invasion thriller this is not a man stalks a woman this is a straight up there's a monster in the secret basement movie mm. yes so this cut is this is that this is this the pivot pivot that I was saying is like yeah. um psycho. this was really weird. Um, I was grateful for it because I hate being in uncomfortable tense situations, and I was like, oh, I'm safe again. You know, we're in daylight now, um, and we are in a, a car with a man. You, you're you're getting bogged down just describing plot yes, details. Yes, Dad. And who is this man? So we pivot to Justin Long. Uh, His character is AJ, I believe. Yeah, AJ, but played by Justin Long, um, driving in uh, Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles, in his in his uh, convertible, singing along to some song that I have never heard before, but I really liked it. I I really did, <laughs> but I can't even remember how it went. But yeah, so huge pivot. This is a character we've never seen before, and we're at least. Halfway or a third of the way through this movie. Yep. And he's talking to his agent. Um, who and um yeah, they're basically informing him that he's about to get fired. He's a he's a looks like a semi successful or pretty successful Hollywood writer or producer guy. Seems like yeah. a writer. Um, and he basically is being me too'd. Yeah. He's been me too'd. It happens in real time. Like we watch it happen to him. He gets fired. Loses everything. So at first you're like, what does this have to do with anything whatsoever? But it turns out that the only assets that he has that he can liquidate to try and pay for this lawsuit, the sexual uh, assault lawsuit. And this is, it becomes more clear throughout the movie, but he's not just getting accused of making lose, no, this, they they tell us at the beginning. He, he's getting accused of raping somebody. Yeah. Um, a, I think a cast member on the show. 
So um, to fight this lawsuit, he it turns out the only assets that he has are a couple of coincidentally Airbnbs up in Detroit, Michigan. Yep. So he flies up to Detroit to try and sell these properties. And this is this is such a great pivot because Justin Long also is known for a very specific type of movie. Uh, what would you say you know him from? New Girl. New Girl. <laughs> Instantly. Um, that's literally all I know him from. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Maybe I know him from something else. Well, New Girl is a great... Uh, like, New Girl is a great example of what kind of characters that Justin Long played all during my high school, right? Yeah. He was in like American Pie. He always played that kind of character, but he played in like, he played a dorky, charming character in like sex comedies, like high school sex comedies. Um, and then more recently he has done some horror, but it's usually very campy. What is What is going on? What do you mean? Why are you making that face? Like, just like widening my eyes. You just widened your eyes and raised your eyebrows and stared off into the distance. Just thought I saw a monster. <laughs> Such a weirdo. Um, but yeah, Justin Long has started making some horror movies, but he made he made one with um, Kevin Smith where he gets turned into a walrus. Like, what? Yes. So he as he's gotten older, he's basically started to play this kind of uh smug LA douchebag, let's say. Yeah. So he's not playing his charmy quirky thing, which he's kind of aged out of, you can mm-hmm. imagine. Um he's kind of been playing this this uh LA douche bro character that gets something happens to him. But the movies are the movies have been very campy. So I would say perfect casting. This is probably maybe the best performance I think Justin Long has ever given in a movie. Um okay. What you? What? How did you think? What do you think about him? I don't have any other comparisons for him other than New Girl. Well, what did you think about his performance in general? You don't have to compare it to anything. Oh well, I thought he did amazing, a uh, spectacular job. Um, I thought you were gonna say this. This movie has like one of the most perfect casting. It does. Because I feel like th- I feel like this more than any other movie, help had casting help actually like change tones and yeah. Thoughts of the story, I or of yeah, of the story. Totally agree, because like we were saying with Bill Skarsgård, exactly the same thing with Justin Long. Audiences know what they're getting with Justin Long automatically. Yeah, so you know based on like just their record of movies and stuff what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, so it'd be like if it'd be like how the tone of the movie would change intentionally or not if they would have cast Johnny Knoxville in that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, like internally the movie's tone is going to be changing or the audience expectation at least of what the tone is going to be yeah anyway we're a minute over time so let's take another quick break and we'll come back and we'll i think we can finish up the uh the discussion of this movie in another segment hopefully we'll a little bit faster you're not going to be able to just go and be like and then he walked down the stairs and then he brushed his teeth and then blah 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 so anyway see you on the other side of this commercial break Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about 
a lot. <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The, the Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Barbarian. So okay. we uh, just walked through the, this big pivot in this movie, which is where we have no idea where what we thought were our main characters are. And we are now with this new character who so far doesn't seem particularly likable. He's just being accused of uh, raping somebody uh, and is being canceled. And so you just really don't know what to to th- what to make of him, but he is not doing himself any favors. He's really is not coming across as very likable. I would say. Yeah. Well, I I personally, I felt bad for him immediately. Oh, really? You were one, you're one of those people who doesn't believe women. I okay. Don't don't phrase it like that. I do, but I just like I didn't know how the movie was gonna do it, and I like Justin Long because, like I said, I've only seen him in New Girl. So I immediately felt bad. He was like, oh, no, definitely not. Whatever, do that. Never, ever do that. This is a ripoff. I'm going to lose everything. So, you know, I was like, oh, this poor guy. And then they definitely do use Justin Long's persona against you, the audience, right? Mm -hmm. Because they know that his persona is going to get you to buy in. And he is very adamant that he did not do this thing. Like, very adamant. He can't. He's appalled that anybody would even think it. Yes. So I was like, oh. Okay, I'm. I I believe him. I'll believe him for now, um, until innocent, until proven guilty. You know, sure. Until he was proven guilty to him by himself, to us. Well, and he also just is consistently seems arrogant and entitled, and he's yelling at people. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems like an unpleasant guy. But anyway, long story short, <laughs> just long. Uh, anyway, it was so stupid. Um. Long story short, AJ, Justin Long's character, has to, for all these myriad reasons, stay at one of his properties, which is the Airbnb. The Airbnb that is full of creepy witch monsters. Um, And this is where the movie really decides to triple down on that little metaphor thing that she was talking about about how men just come in they're not even don't even see danger because they just swing their wieners around and blah 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 amen um also one really quick thing is the movie being set in detroit i'm not i'm it's not like Candyman reasons why they did that uh even though and we forgot to mention this and it's kind of important but even though there was a part where a homeless man uh homeless african-american man is like 
running to test the beginning of the movie and she's so scared of him. She's like, he's like trying to tell her not to go in that house. Don't go in that house. And she's like so freaked out by him thinking he's a crazy person that she like locks the door. Yeah. And he's like banging the door saying, get out of here. And it is scary. Right. I, yeah. All of us I'd would have done the same out. thing. Yeah. But I, I wanted to point out that there's just, there's a theme of decaying neighborhoods uh, and rot, you know, from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You can't see. So if you've ever been, if you're, you know, local, um, if you've been to like, I'm trying to think like, you know, the, the parts of town where all the houses are like falling apart, but some young couple has decided to fix her up or one. So they bought one for like 50 grand. So cause I, st- I actually stayed at Airbnb yeah. in Waco that was, was like that was where it's there. like every single house is like condemned on all sides of it or almost condemned or should be condemned, but somebody's still living in it. <laughs> and then there'll be like one gorgeous little cute one bedroom house that they made into a perfect cottage. You know what I mean? That's exactly the neighborhood that this, this movie takes place in. Yes. Except for like even worse than you can imagine. <laughs> sure. But anyway, so Justin Long gets this property and what, 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 what does he think whenever he finds uh, the creepy secret room? Is he is he scared? Does he think it's weird that there's a obviously a weird prison room in there? This was so funny to me because, like like we said before, he's just trying to sell these houses again. Yeah. So he's just like, oh my gosh, square footage, baby. Yeah. So he just starts measuring out the square footage. He's so stoked about it. He doesn't care that the mattress obviously has had horrendous things happen on it. Or that there's bloody handprints on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he's even more excited when he finds out <laughs> the that there's stairs. a creepy staircase to hell. He's like, oh my God, and so just, much square footage. Nothing is funnier than him just walking around with a tape measure after we just saw, saw hell. Yeah, it's amazing. He's like listening to music or whatever. And he's like, has his tape measure going to this creepy thing. He doesn't care about being loud. We know now there's some kind of monster in here that smashes people's face in. And also the change in like his tone from whenever he walked in and seeing other people's stuff being like, what's going on here? Who's who's at my house? To him being like, oh my gosh, more money. Yeah. Was just just really funny to me. Yeah, he never tries to find the people that might be there because their suitcases are all still there. Mm -hmm. He's just like annoyed that the house is being rented out. So this gets us to where the movie starts doing going full on like i don't know if you call it texas chainsaw massacre 2 uh not specifically texas chainsaw massacre 2 like justin long gets captured by the big water hag lady she's really tall yeah she's huge and um he gets thrown into a cage where tess is and she's still alive and then the lady comes bounding over there and it's thrust down the world's grossest giant baby bottle. So this baby bottle is the worst thing anyone's ever seen in their whole entire life. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. It is, it's really, it feels like big, right? It, it it's is, huge, it's, yeah. It's, it is really big. That's not just me. Okay. She gives you this huge, massive baby bottle, and the nipple is like covered in hair. Covered in hair. It's like, so gross. It's, nasty so Tess is like drink it right now and he's like no thank you yeah she's like don't she's like she thinks we're her babies yeah so she, she Tess nicely explains to us what's going on um and so 
Justin Long's not about to be putting that. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to suck on this nipple. So Tess does it perfectly fine. Um, but then, thank you. The witch lady thinks that uh, he's still must be hungry because he didn't eat. Mm-hmm. So he gets taken to a secondary location. <laughs> yep. So the anyway, room. Teth, Teth, she gets he gets dragged away, kicking and screaming. We don't know what's gonna happen to him. Um, and whatever, Tess gets out. As she gets out, she sees what's happening to him. Then this is a the reason I this is we're getting really too in the weeds here, but um. Basically, they're doing a very good, I think, I don't know if parallel is the right word. I thought it was a clever juxtaposition between the fact that he's been accused of, you know, um, raping pe- raping a woman. Uh, he, that's not how he would describe it. You know, he was yeah, just like, just like coercion. coercing her, just whatever. Well, he wouldn't even say coercing. He was just yeah. like, come on. She needed some coaxing or whatever. Yeah, so... That's what he's saying. Well, we cut over. She sees him. And this lady who's been watching these breastfeeding videos nonstop, Guess she's, she's trying to forcibly breastfeed Justin Long. Which is also, keep in mind, very hairy. It's all it's very w- disturbing. It was one hairy nipple to another. <laughs> you don't need to say nipple so many times. Uh, well, <laughs> no kids are going to be allowed to watch this, listen to the podcast. What do you mean? I mean, it's about an R-rated movie. But no, this is a very disturbing scene. But I want to also be clear, the scene before when you walk into this room with the breastfeeding video playing, like I said, the movie is already starting to turn into a different kind of horror movie, mm-hmm. a little bit campier. At this point, we are full-blown in gonzo, campy horror mode. You know what I mean? It's disturbing. You are disturbed. You are kind of freaked out. But like I said, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. It's It's a weird inbred family the aggressive scene of somebody trying to forcibly this giant monster lady trying to forcibly breast them even to say it out loud is is crazy giant monster lady forcibly breastfeeding yeah so needless to say Tess was able to get out she tries to call the cops they don't believe her there's a whole other message about cops there that I think maybe the movie was taking too many steps uh, taking on too many themes Sure. Um, I felt like that kind of weighted the movie down. I forgot she called the cops. Yeah, then the, the cops just act like she's crazy. Um, they they kind of skip over any racial tensions, which I can understand because that would have bogged the movie down even further. So it's more just about how cops in general dismiss people in low-income neighborhoods Yeah. Um, and don't care about them. But yeah, at this point, the movie's gone so full camp that that felt like a little bit heavy-handed. But easily forgivable forgivable but yeah the point is she goes back to rescue him and this is where they do a great job of deconstructing aj aka justin long's character and kind of male psyche in general or the fra- the the fragile male psyche of abusers you know because there's nothing wrong with keith he didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. um justin long finds well let's not spoil all the twists in the movie we don't have time to do that anyway. But Justin Long finds a gun, let's just say, after when he's escaping. And Tess finally is like, I'm just going to have to go rescue him myself. So even though she's terrified, she goes back down there to try and rescue him. And he shoots her. Yep. Yep. We we also we have skipped two major points in we this don't, movie. Yeah, but we don't. That's like I said, that's not really the point. I want to get to the themes of the movie. Okay, and we're fine. not. we only have like five minutes. So, um, 
in order to do that, we have to see Justin Long's character unravel. Sure. So he shoots her. And then I actually thought maybe redemption arcs happening right now mm-hmm. because he, it was a complete accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you hear woman coming down. You just now got, you just got, got your, you just got, got abused. Yep. Um, <clears throat> by a lady. It's pitch dark. He shoots her test on accident, but he then gets her and he helps her out. He carries her out. They're getting chased by this thing. And he actually does carry her out of there. He could have left her there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, that little bits of shade of nuance on what we consider a monster, you know what I mean? I think is really, really important. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot of people who, when somebody is an abuser, where you can explain away some of their behavior, being like, he never was like that around me, or maybe it wasn't all the way like you said, like I'm sure it was bad. You know what I mean? Because what human beings want to do is they want to think of people as being completely black or completely white in their evilness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So can Justin Long be somebody who saves somebody's life and be somebody who takes advantage of women? You know what I mean? Can those two things exist simultaneously? Now the movie ends up not going that route. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. Um, But yeah, after they get out, they, they, um, He 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 does he abandoned her at one point. So they get to the homeless man. Yeah, they get to the homeless guy and he helps them. But like, I feel like he like at some point abandoned uh, he her. He does. I know, but th- I thought he did it twice. Was it just once? Is it once? Okay. So yeah, the the homeless man helps them. Tells the lady he's going to come out, and then Justin Long has a great, great scene where he basically just breaks down and says like, "Am I?" really a terrible person mm-hmm. but even if i was a monster i am not going to do that be that anymore is that kind of how would you say how yeah, it went? Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah he's like even if i was he's like i don't know and he's crying and, you, and, you, and like it's weird because you're not so you shouldn't be feeling sorry for feeling sorry for somebody just because they feel bad about what they being do. a rapist yeah but he's like even if i used to be a monster i'm not gonna do that anymore um and this is immediately followed by them getting attacked and justin long not just abandoning her but pushing her off of a building to try and... Yeah, so this monster, like, breaks through the wall. We have two minutes to see now. And he immediately, without without even a second of thought, is just, like, gone. Yep. Instantly. So she follows him up, um, up to this, like, water silo. Or just regular silo. Doesn't matter. It follows him up to a high place. Yep. And the monster comes up, and she's like, oh, here's your baby. Just pushes her right off the cliff. Yeah, so the putting those two scenes back to back was just perfect. You know, you have this emotional scene where you're just about to be on his scene. Almost, I feel, I feel like three scenes almost, because she we just watched him save save her. Yeah, and then um, say the speech, and then push off a cliff. Yep, and then you realize what the movie's actually doing is, and I think I think both methods would have been interesting, but I, what the movie's actually doing is it's showing. Yeah, he saved her, but only after he shot her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every, in every single situation, he's the victim. Because even then when he finds out that she survived the fall, he's like, you know that I didn't mean to do it. You just slipped. He's like gaslighting her still. Yeah. He's still doing the same crap. And it doesn't matter that he's getting pursued by a giant monster lady or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, this for a movie that's directed by a guy, has some pretty profound uh, feminist themes 
going through this movie. I mean, the 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 monster woman was created by a actual monstrous man who was a murderer and a rapist and then inbred and inbred and inbred until she became what she is. And all she wants to do is be a mother, but it's turned into this disgusting, you know what I mean? Whatever thing now. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great themes in this movie. Um, that's also campy. That's just fun. I mean, I'm, we probably didn't make it sound very fun. It was really fun though. It is one of the most fun horror movies that I have seen this year and probably is going to be like in my top five of this decade. I yeah, got, it was, feeling. it was great. Um, can I just, just say one thing? Yep. 20 that, seconds <clears throat> that I really liked. There was just something about the cinematography that I did want to ask you about at some point, but we just like didn't really have time, but they constantly use like, like perspective and stuff like just in the bathroom. You know what I mean? They kept focusing on like toothbrushes and stuff. And I don't know why. And I didn't fully understand it. And I just wanted to ask about it at some point. Well, I think at the beginning, he's they're focusing on like little mundane details. You know what I mean? Like little things that you see every day kind of lulled you into a sense that this movie is going to be really realistic. Yeah. I really think that's what he was kind of trying to do there. Because I loved it. I thought it looked great. And you got like, it was just like constantly like this thing in front of you, this thing in front of you, then the person and then the right. thing behind them. And it, like focus on all of those. And I, I loved it. And I just... I just felt like I wanted to say something about it because it was great. Well, we're out of time now, but uh, I do agree with you. Um, I'm going to say that I will. I'm going to give this movie nine out of ten bloody handprints. Nice. I'm going to give this 9.5 hairy nipples. Gosh, you just had to say nipples again. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, the first couple times I said nipples, it was the actual term of... Oh, it's bottle, always the actual bottle, term. Bottle nipples. All right, well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>